Hello, my name is Ignacio. Um, I haven't really thought of a good title. Kind of want to call this For Zoe. Um, it's a series of conversations <clears throat> uh, with friends of mine, uh, people who know me very well, people I admire, respect, um, maybe some family members. Um, all in an, in an attempt to create a lasting kind of history or impression of myself. Um, I was raised without a father, and it's informed a lot of my, um, it informs a lot of who I am today based on that. I never understood why my father left our family. Um, I could only guess as I grew up. But the great thing about podcasts is you can create something that'll last. And I always felt if there was this treasure trove of podcasts with my father's voice, kind of going through who he is and maybe recounting some of the mistakes he made, um, it would enlighten me um, as to why he did what he did. And maybe if he did... I could understand why family life or being a father or being a husband, I don't know. Maybe those things weren't for him. And before it was too late, he found himself in this situation and, you know, that's how he dealt with it. Um, being a father myself now, I always wanted to create something for my daughter or any kids I might have in the future. Um so that they can understand who I am. They can understand me better. Uh, my daughter's 13 now, Zoe's 13. She's, you know, fiercely independent. Um, you know, she's very, she's a product of, of this age, of this generation. But there's so much more to me than I think she understands. And I feel like in the future, whenever she chooses to, um, she can listen to this and learn a lot more about me than she ever knew uh, because there's so much more to me than I think she realizes. And so what I'm trying to say is I'm doing for Zoe what I wanted my father to do for me. And if I ever make mistakes in the future um, or God forbid something were to happen to me, this would be there for her, and not just for her, but for kind of for myself. I feel like talking about me with other people who know me probably would teach me a lot more as well, not just for Zoe. So all that said and done, um, I'm going to start my very first conversation with my friend Arthur, and... Um, He's sitting right in front of me. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> it's going to be like two people, maybe, at first. But we're coming for you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> All right. Um, should I start with a little history of myself? Um, if you like. Go ahead. Just go. So I was born in um, 
Lakeview Terrace of all places. Um, it's not as beautiful as it sounds. Um, in 1978, I'm 41 years old. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I'm 41. Um, I was born and raised. I uh, didn't do well in school. Uh, could have done a lot better but I was a little too rebellious. Um, joined the Marines, which is a whole other story because I, I do plan on talking to some guys I served with. Um, yeah, came back. Uh, went to school for a little bit. Um, met a lady. Got married. Had Zoe. And then... Fast forward a couple years or so, you know, got divorced. Um, met, a, met another lady. Now I'm married again. And uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so much more in between. Yeah. I'm just kind of, I don't want to go through the whole thing because it's way too long. But anyways, my question to you is, how did we meet? Um, you want me to speak a little bit about my background in oh, history? Yeah, yeah, sure. My bad. Um, Who are you? My name is Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Somar here in L.A. Um, all of you? All of you. No hospital. way. You were born in LV Hospital? Yes. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, to make it short, just the way you did, um, grew up, uh, went to school. Uh, I'll tell you, went to school in Gritley. Then I uh, went to uh, San Fernando, transferred to um, Fillmore High. Mm-hmm. And uh, after high school, I guess I did every what everybody else um, is sets their goal to do. Went to college, dropped out, uh, and decided to work for a bit. <coughs> and um, after a while, you know, I I realized that you know I have to go back to school to educate myself and you know to plan, to, you know, to establish something something better for my for my future. Um, so I went back to community college in Mission. And um, obviously, along those lines, I've had girlfriends. Sure. One. <laughs> you had one girlfriend. Yeah, one girlfriend. Which, sorry to interrupt, I met your girl, that girl. I think I met her when you didn't know her. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I know you when she got in that car accident? Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. You did. You okay. did. So this is an interesting story. He was going to tell where we met, but I met him. Was that? I, I was at, I was at your, I was in your kitchen. Sorry to interrupt. Was that prior or after? That's my question. Oh, I don't know if, if I think, I think we already, we already knew each other. So I knew you. I just didn't. Oh, know you, you know what? Maybe, maybe you didn't. And then I met you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. I didn't know you at the time. That's right. I was walking actually. Walking Zoe in a stroller. If Zoe was in the picture, then I, I already met you then. She was a baby. She was an infant. Mm. I don't know. It's really weird. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I was walking down the street where my mom used to live, pushing a stroller with my mom next to me. Mm-hmm. Right on the corner of Harding, Harding and Glen Oaks. And I heard a loud screech and a crash. And I looked to my mom, 
And I said, you know, take the baby for me. And I ran straight to the intersection. Like, I, you know, I'm not a paramedic or something, but right. I know some basic first aid and stuff like that. So I ran up there and um, somebody had like T-boned a car. And there was um, a young lady, like obviously distraught. Like she was in the vehicle that got hit. And everybody's standing around looking, right. just watching it, you know? And I thought to myself, what the, the fuck? Like, do something, you know? How, nobody's doing anything. So I went over to her, and I very gently put my hands on her shoulder, asked her if she was okay, does anything hurt? Sh- she was shaking. And I sat her down on the curb, and I sat next to her, and I put my arm around her. And I said, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. Um paramedics are on their way are you dizzy i was just trying to ask the basic questions she she was trying to dial she had her phone she was trying to dial her dad's phone number i think her brother she was shaking maybe it was i don't know she was trying to call someone she was shaking so bad and i said uh who do you want to call i'll I'll help you so i took her phone i think it was her i think it was her dad so i pressed dad, you know, whatever on her phone and gave it to her. She called her dad. Her dad showed up. I think it was her dad. That part I don't remember. And I, you know, went on my way, went back and thought nothing of it. I don't know how long afterwards it was, but I was in your kitchen and on on your refrigerator (laughs) was (laughs) was a picture a picture, like, with a magnet over it, you know? Right. And I'm like, who is this girl? And you're like, that's my girlfriend, you know? And I was, I was like, I was like, oh, that's, that's his girlfriend. And I look closer, and I say, did this girl get in a car accident? Maybe, like, I don't know, months, last year, or something like that. And you said, yeah, you remember when this happened, right? Yeah. Did you go see her afterwards? Yeah, of course. She was... She was okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if I saw her that exact same day, but uh, yeah, that was that's some that's something that is in my buried memory. I I forgot about that. The accident. The accident. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, <coughs> really strange. Yeah, that was strange. Really strange. Like a weird. Excuse me. I remember that moment, and then I think I asked you, "Did she tell you anything about the accident?" You called her. And you said, do you remember when you got in an accident? Of course, it's a dumb mm-hmm. question. And she said, yeah. And you said, do you, was there a man, some guy there that yeah. was help, helping you, comforting you? And she said, yeah. And you said, he's right here in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, I remember this, yeah. That's my friend Ignacio. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. I mean, small world, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know what to call it, but it was a trip. Anyways, that yeah. That that just occurred to me for some reason, but yeah. Anyways, you were living. Yeah, so um, that was that was cool. You know that that came up. I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that we had that we had that somewhat connection with my first girlfriend. That was a trip. Um, so after community college, I transferred to uh, Cal Poly Pomona to study psychology. I was actually studying engineering uh, because uh, you know my father is a structural engineer. And I wanted to, you know, 
you know, follow the same line. And uh, um, I knew that he wanted to start something, you know, a business in the future. He just didn't know when. And I wanted to be prepared for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I followed the, you know, the whole idea about, you know, following your passion. So I, I studied psychology instead. Um, so I graduated from Cal Poly Pomona. And uh, after that, I had goals to continue that education and work in the psychology field. But um, I think the recession, when, when it hit around 2008, mm-hmm. um, my father was working for with a, with, with a partner. Um, and I think uh, that recession got him got him good and it sent him to, yeah it, it hit, hit that industry hard yeah it hit that not just that industry the economy you know as mm-hmm. a whole and uh this guy i guess he had you know several investments and you know when you know everybody saw that everything was going you know downhill mm-hmm. um i don't know he had a lot of stress um went to the hospital and passed passed away mm-hmm. um so that kind of left he died of stress i mean i don't it wasn't <laughs> i think it was leukemia but no but usually stress is like a um it definitely makes yeah it it, it influences whatever you know probably was already wrong with you and it makes it a little bit worse um wow. i'm not too sure sure about that but mm. um makes sense <coughs> so i mean moving forward uh he was left without a job and this was a good opportunity for him to start his you know finally his own business mm. um and he invited me to start it with him and um you know, fast forward six, seven years from then, uh, we're sitting here at our uh, first property recording this mm-hmm. this, uh, this conversation. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> property. We just um, my buddy Matt is here as well. He's off mic, but uh, yeah, we walked around and it's amazing. It's really, really cool, really cool, really cool <coughs> space. Um, and uh, yeah, so now, now uh, in between, in between those years, I met a new lady as well, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm engaged and hopefully, you know, planning planning the marriage, uh, most likely next year. Mm. Um, so this is a good reception right here. I know this is <laughs> a good space. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, we probably want to make it intimate. So yeah, this okay, good. Okay, but um, um, where in that journey, do you want to talk about? No, no, that's fine. Um, in that journey, uh. Where I met you, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, start, where I met you, um, I really bad with uh, facts as as far as far as timeline dates. Yeah. Um, trust me, so I'm I think I was way. maybe like in my early twenties. Uh, I was in community college and I was taking psychology courses. Um, mm-hmm. And was that the psychology course that I, that I met you, or was it anthropology? It was anthropology. Anthropology. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, so I think it was one of the, f- I think it was one of the first days of anthropology class. So you were sitting there, you saw this good looking dude <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to talk to that guy. Cause he, cause you know, cause he's handsome. Well, every time I walk into a new classroom, you tend to, uh, observe your, your classmates yeah. and, uh, <laughs> what was the one thing, <laughs> what was the one, I know what you're going to say, but what was the one thing you observed about me? So I looked around and. A classroom, you know, usually there's like the the yeah. the blackboard in the front, and then there's like the the, the chairs all lined up in Teacher's front of the teacher. In front of the blackboard, then <laughs> rows of chairs. Correct. Right. And I was looking for a place to sit, and uh, I don't remember if 
I think I sat somewhere around those those lines or you know you one of those one of those chairs. You sat in one of those chairs. And and I saw when I walked in as I was observing everybody, I I saw this this <laughs> this guy that was sitting by himself uh you know with a with a long table. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a student desk. It was a long table. Um, and it was it was the table that you first see when you walk into the door. And it was on the side, on the right-hand side of the, of the professor's uh, desk. And you were against the wall, and you, <laughs> you had bleached short hair, and uh, did you did. It was and blonde. I thought it was really weird for, to find a guy <laughs> sitting on the side of the wall while everybody is, you know, on the student desk. Because, okay, because I was, I was facing the door. Right. And to the right was everybody... It was all the students, and to my left was the professor. Mm -hmm. Everyone's facing each other except for me. So when I walked into this room, the reason I sat there is because not only was it against the wall, because I hate people just, like, milling around behind me, but not just that, <clears throat> but I liked the perspective of that, mm -hmm. where I was kind of more of an observer mm -hmm. and not really participating in the class that right. much. But I observed, and I observed... I'm a lot like you. Yeah. I'm very observant. And yeah. I remember when you walked in, I don't remember that, that exact moment, but I remember observing all the students and I could kind of tell who was who. Mm. Like I saw the one, there's this one guy, clearly some gym, gym dude, mm -hmm. you know, who uh, I was like, I don't know, like I, I was trying to, I always try to figure everyone out. Like try to and create a whole backstory, right, right. And no one's kind of no one's interacting with each other. No one's talking to each other. They're just sitting there in their own worlds. First and day of class. Yeah, <laughs> and, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that guy's. I know who that is. I know who that girl is. I know what kind of person that you know. And it's funny too because none of them are observing anybody around them. They're just you know doodling or doing whatever. And I'm looking at everyone, and I remember looking at you, and you were looking like. Kind of right at me, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Who is this guy? Is this the teacher's aide or something? <laughs> you were looking at me. You were like, why is he sitting over there? And then you sat next to me, right? Well, eventually, I and maybe uh, like a few classes later. Eventually, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I I, I tend to, I tend to play uh, chess with with my people. You know, that's around me, um, mm. just to. Just to make, uh, I guess, my experience a little bit more interesting. Um, so I wanted to know how you would react if I walked into that classroom one of these days and just sat next to you. Because nobody sat next to me. Because nobody sat next nobody to me. Nobody did, and, yeah. and you were... And I had the whole desk. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, I laid out my paper, mm -hmm. I put my notepad, I put yeah. my... I had, and everybody had... Yeah, and by the way, I don't square. think you find uh, students uh, uh, carrying a newspaper... Also, right. uh, you know, in today's time, it's that was another very thing. rare. That to was find another thing you observed. You're <laughs> yeah. like, he's reading the papers. Yeah. Who is this? Yeah, who is this guy? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, and so I think you were you were older than most students there too. So yeah, um, I must. You know, there was it was a lot of it was a lot of it was a lot of characteristics that that made you stand out. You know, like I mean, the obvious one was you sitting by yourself. You had bleached hair. You had a newspaper. You were older. So there was a lot going on in that area that I said, I need to go there and find out what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah. you were interested. I was interested. 
Wow, trip out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I remember you sat next to me, and then um, were you helping me with my crossword puzzle or something? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's it's pretty far back. Um, can't remember the detail. But we were taught. We were talking. We were talking. <coughs> Before the class started, we yeah. usually would, would, would start talking. I don't know if I sat there continuously, did I? Yeah, you yeah, I, I think, think I you did. did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Did we um did we go to the zoo? <laughs> or did we go separately? <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a really interesting <laughs> just started. Matt's, Matt's so confused. <laughs> did we go to the zoo together? <laughs> Were we holding hands? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a romance. <laughs> it sounds like it. It does, you're right. Um well, we eventually went to the zoo, I think, as a we went to partner the zoo. project. We went to the zoo okay, yeah. to clear it up. We, we didn't go on a date. Yeah, we didn't we, go on a it date. It was a classroom project. Well, you thought it, maybe it was a date. I mean, I don't know. It's been kind of... Wow. That's probably one of the questions that I should come straight forward in, in this the, hey, conversation. You're the one who approached the <laughs> bleach blonde dude. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, we went... I think we went separately, though. I don't think I went... Did we go at the same time? Mm. No. No, we didn't. Probably not. Uh, I don't think we did. No. No, you went on your own, and you said that you spent uh, a few hours at the chimpanzee. Uh, That's what uh, I wrote about mostly. Yeah, yeah. What was the assignment? Was it? Uh, it was observing. It was. It was. It was basically the behavior of animals. Yeah, behavior of of the chimps. Yeah, yeah. It was an th- anthropology class. So. God, I wonder. I wonder where that paper is. Yeah, that would be interesting. But anyways, okay, so yeah, we met, and then we started hanging out. Yep. Right? And, um... Yeah, so... I had Zoe. Yeah, I had Zoe when I met you. Yeah? I do okay. remember that. She was an infant, though. Okay. So I think that story of when I met your ex, it was close around that time. Right. But yeah, I remember. She was an infant. Um... Yeah, and then, so you've met Zoe plenty of times, right? Yeah, I met Zoe, yeah, when she was young, very young. I don't know if she was one, maybe, or close to one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But around those lines, I think you you were living uh, at your mom's property, and Mm. you moved to Palmdale. Right. Um, That was a big change for you. And then we kind of, we've kept in, ever since, we've kept in touch ever since. Right. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. What is your biggest memory of me? Like, what's one thing that, sta- aside from the bleach blonde guy sitting in the corner or sitting against the wall, you know, like, what's the biggest, craziest or best or whatever memory of me? Do, do you have any memory like that? I have several, several like, memories um, you know what I mean, you, like but example, I do know what you mean. Yeah, like an example of <clears throat> something that describes my behavior, like like a, like a, you know what I mean? Because I, when I was thinking about this, you know, like I feel like people have a like experiences with other people. I was telling Matt on the way here a um, a whole story about um, an experience I had with Wes, my friend Wes. Mm-hmm. And like completely unique, mm-hmm. completely unique in it, in its on it, uh, in its own way. Um, but that story, I did want to like. It, it, there's a lesson in this story 
that I would like to impart to Zoe. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because it says a lot about me, but it also says a lot about, like, it has a lessons that I feel are important just for life, period. And uh, that's kind of, you know, my whole motivation for this is it's, it, it, it's many. Well, we can talk about what mm-hmm. we have learned from each other, you know. Okay. Through all these years. Okay. Um, that's that's great. Um, I I you know I can't put like you know I can't put something you know down to be like this is my biggest memory of you, but mm-hmm. what I can say is that um, you know given given that whole newspaper thing, um, <laughs> before I met you, I didn't I didn't read as much as probably I do now, and mm-hmm. that's something that I have to thank you for that. Um. Um, I even brought a book. Look for Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I I always go somewhere with a yeah. book. That's for Hannah. And uh, you know, it's it's something it's something that I guess you know many parents would like their children to do. And you know, if parents don't read on their own, um, it's very difficult to get them to read and yes. the importance of reading. Yes. Um, because I've gone through school without even reading. Right. You know, because I could get around it, and you could. Basically, you don't have to read to get good grades. Yeah. Um, but but knowing you, you've 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 told me stories of your journey and um, how how books. I don't know when you started reading. That would be something to get into, or how you started. You know that that journey. But what I remember is that you you used to read. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, throughout your military, oh. and that that. Yeah, that somewhat has uh, provided you some some type of um, support and 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 you know I don't know if how you were feeling around that time, but you know that 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 aspect of you is something that you know has, has always been carried with me, and I read the paper now because of you. Yeah, that's so great. Man. <laughs> uh, you know what? That that's exactly exactly what I wanted because. That does remind me of how I got into reading. And there is a lot to reading. <clears throat> it's changed my life. It literally changed my life. And it's interesting because I started re- reading because of my father. When I was a young boy, because when, when I say I live without, like I said, my father left us, but he would always kind of float in and out of our lives, you know? show up, you know, for a few weeks and then leave again. I never knew where he was going, you know. But he was a big reader. And the one thing he, t- he told me this one time, I never read. Same thing as you. I was like, why read when there's TV, you know, like, or whatever. He said, all right, look. It's one of the very few memories I have of him. I must have been... I want to say maybe 13 or 14. And he said, I'm going to give you one book. And all you have to do is read this one book. And you, never ha- you never have to read any book ever again in your life, right? <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, that sounds like a good deal. I'll get through this book and I'll never read again because who cares about books? Mm-hmm. They're so boring, you know, and who won't... Who who says, who's like, hey, let's go to the library this weekend, you know, like, it never happens. He gave me 
and this is this this really taught me how any uh, how do I say it if you give anyone a book at the right moment of their lives mm -hmm. at the exact moment when they need it it will ignite a passion for reading but if given that book any other time it, it's going to go nowhere it'll sit on the shelf for years and they'll never use it i don't know if he planned it this way and i don't know if uh if 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 he meant it to do this but that book was the right moment at the Perfect, perfect time do in you, my life. Do you thank him for that? I, I, don't, I don't talk to him. I don't no, know where he's at. Do you? Of course. Totally. Totally. Uh, I think being a father is kind of... I've learned to let go of the anger that I, used, that I grew up with. And I learned a lot about how destructive anger can be to your life. Um, I also learned that to be, I think to be a good father, you have to, <coughs> excuse me, at least for me, to be a good father, you have to let go of that anger that you have towards your own father. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you repeat it, you repeat it, you, re you, you, you know, like that anger is transferred onto this child. So... I've, you know, I've kind of forgiven him in a way, maybe not to his face, but just for myself. Like, I reached a point w when I was an adult where I said, you know, I don't know what they went through. I don't know what him and my mother went through. I don't know what their relationship was like. <clears throat> That's unique to themselves. When I was a boy, I thought it was my fault. Like, why doesn't my father, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't my father want to come live with me? But when you grow up, you kind of realize, hey, everybody has different relationships. Everybody, make, you know, he made mistakes. He made his own mistakes. I, even though I don't know what those were, what he went through, he never told me about it. And my mom never told me about it. But to progress, you know, just as a person, I had to let that anger go. So part of that is you're right. Part of it is finding those things to appreciate. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I thank him for the most, other than, let's say, life, really. But that's the one thing that I thank him for the most because... And it's interesting how that got transferred to you and you transferred that to me. You know, it's... it's exactly. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. That even though your father wasn't part of your life, that that was something very impactful in my life. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, and that's, it's fascinating to me too because it is something I want to teach Zoe. I want Zoe to have books. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know me. How much can I talk books? Like no one else, all right? All day. I mean, I can, I can just literally just bam, 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 just books, books, books all day long. I... Do you, do you mind me asking what... What's the title of the book? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was getting there. So that book was the perfect, given to me at the perfect moment. And I'll tell you why. The book was Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Have you read this book? 
You know about the story, right? This was the first book you've read? This is the first book I ever read. No way. You didn't know this? I didn't tell you the story? No. You, did you read this book? Or you know about the story? <laughs> you know about Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite books. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, we're, I'm learning so much. Just Have we ever had a conversation? We've never had we've this never conversation about this book. We've never talked this, this at length, right? Because no. we're always like, you know, our minds are all, all over the place. Okay. He gave me Siddhartha by Herman Hess, right? I was a young boy, right? Um, kind of lost. <laughs> you still can't believe it? I can't believe it, no. Your mind is... I can't believe it. No. Um, he, he, I can't believe I never told you this. In I feel, all the years I feel, I've known you. <laughs> I feel like you're playing games with me, but I I'm mean, not, that's, no. pretty, that's pretty cool. Why I mean, would I lie about that? It's absolutely no, true. No. Um, so he gave me this book, right? And it's, what is it, like 200? <laughs> the, the, the story, the, the reason why I can't believe it is because I didn't get that book from you. I, that book came into my life. That's a good through, question. Through through school, through one of my through my second English school, uh, English they, English class. I'm they sorry. They were teaching it in English class. He used that book to to teach. I mean, yeah, he used that book in, in his class, and <coughs> that book is the reason that started my spiritual journey. Really? Yeah. That's that's wow. That's the book that got me into uh, autobiography of a yogi, and that's right. the book that. Uh, propelled me to take a trip to New York because there was going to be a retreat um, from an wow. Indian yogi. Um, you went? Yeah. Did he grab grab you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a few of those, but no, this guy, um, what's interesting is, you know, many of us, like myself, are always looking for that peace, that truth, um, that... You know, I mean, I was born Catholic, you know, and, and sure. uh, as you get older, it doesn't matter what religion you grew up with, but um, you you start to think for yourself and you start to try to find something that, you know, connects with you and that, you know, it's just, it's natural. And um, I just, I just find it, you know, I, it, I can't, I, I'm usually very controlled, <laughs> but you know, that, that detail, that fact that you, that's the first book you read. It's fascinating. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, it's w <sighs> okay. That's crazy to me too. But you know, the story of the, you now I know, now I want to know who, who your father is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is this man? He's you know, he probably, if he gave you that book to read, I then it, it, it speaks it it i can i can get an idea of a part of who your dad is you, you know what i'm saying yeah. um he if, is if he gave like oh he he is he's not he's he's kind of all over the place to be honest but he's spiritual mm -hmm. he believes in god but he's open to lots of other things um i mean it's hard it's hard to describe him yeah but i mean if you focus on the you know, that specific just side of your dad mm -hmm. or your father, um, you know, it, it besides all his, you know, negative probably experiences or whatever, sure. um, you know, it, it's it's something, you know, interesting. And well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, I, like I said, I've never asked him, but I want to believe that he, be 
that he learned that lesson as well. If you give someone the right book at the right time, maybe that's what he was trying to teach me. Not just the lesson of the book, but how, what an amazing, amazing, transformative and transportative, if that's a word, um, that books can be. They transport you. You know what I mean? Like, but see, that book, it, wasn't a tra- it didn't transport me to a different world. Not, ri- not really. It, it basically, it made me. It basically did the same thing for both you and I, which is kind mm-hmm. of propelled us on our journey. Right. Do you know why? I mean, for yourself. Why, why did it ignite you for yourself? Like, uh, why did, what inspired you about that book? The I haven't read it in a while. Um, so Siddhartha, just, bro- just real briefly. Right. Siddhartha right. is a young Brahmin. He's living in the, you know, with his, in his village, <coughs> uh, raising cows or something like that. And then the Buddhists, not the Buddhists, the monks come through town. I think it is Buddhist. Well, he follows them. He leaves his family. He follows them. Then he finds himself in a city. And he meets the most beautiful woman. She's like a princess or something. Yeah. Falls in love with her. And she says, and he goes and professes his love to her. And she says, why would I be with you? You have sandals and a cloth and you're dirty. And he says, well, yeah, this is who I am. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And then she, she says, I'll only marry you. If you're rich, like every other person who comes to court, every other guy who comes to court. So what does he do? He goes, gets a job, starts a business, whatever, becomes wealthy. Do you remember this? You're looking at me confused. No, yeah, I haven't read it in a while, but. Okay, so he amasses a fortune, right? And then he comes back, shows her, "This this is what I have now. She marries him, and they get married, and... He starts to live this life of excess. He starts to live this life. You remember this part, right? Yeah. So he starts to live this life. He starts gambling. He starts drinking. He starts like f- like cheating, I think, maybe. Um, so he, he's very far from what he was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Very far. He's he's become every everything that he's always despised, and he he reaches a point where he's get, he's extremely disgusted with himself. He leaves it all behind. Mm-hmm. He leaves everything behind. He goes back to the village. Nobody's at this point. He's an older man. Mm-hmm. You know what he does? He's a f- he 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 steers the ferry, the boat from one side of the river to the other. Mm-hmm. He takes people from one side to the other side. He's just a ferryman, and he lives in a hut, and he finds abs- He finds nirvana. Mm-hmm. He achieves nirvana mm-hmm. in that existence alone. So the story is, and that's the first time I ever heard the word nirvana. And there's another word called samsara. Mm-hmm. Um, but he achieves nirvana. Uh, everything he did before, 
it was all wasted pursuit, like a wasted pursuit. But he achieved nirvana. And I and I think I don't know if I don't remember if it, this lesson is um, expressed in the book that mu- that well. But in my opinion, everything that happened to him before had to happen mm-hmm. for him to reach that one for, for him to reach nirvana. Nirvana is what's, what would be your definition of nirvana? If you could define it, because you took the class, I didn't take the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty. Uh, the class wasn't that into depth, you yeah, know. Well, it's deep into um, but Nirvana, I guess, is just something where everything is, uh, it's where it's supposed to be in Absol- place. Absolute harmony. Yes. Perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of. See, it's interesting because. When I was the boy, when I was a boy reading this book. <clears throat> you said you were 13? I was like 13 or 14. Okay. Pretty young. Yeah. Is it? Is it? For a book like this, yeah. For a book like that, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, if you read this book. It's pretty. Years, you know, later, that it will give you a different perspective. Right. Okay, so let's say I read this book years and years later. It might not have had the same effect on me. But. What I did realize about the book, and I didn't see all these themes that we're talking about, Nirvana and all this stuff, these all came later. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is, and this is another amazing part of books is that your experience reading it transforms over time. It means different things to you at different points in your life. So at that time, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about Nirvana or peace or balance or harmony. What I got out of the book at that time was I felt like that little boy like living in a village but just kind of lost and having no purpose like there was no purpose no no guidance mm-hmm. and the fact that he left his village left the comforts of his home to go seek his own path his own way in the world that thing that part appealed to me and i was like wow i thought to myself it was kind of one of the first times i thought you know I want to get out and have adventures and stuff like that, you know? It kind of makes sense, too, that years and years later, I feel like I did exactly the same thing. I remember being on a bus going down to boot camp, feeling a lot like Siddhartha, where I'm just not, you know, I'm going to a completely different place. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, like I left the comforts of home. Yeah, basically, what I got out of the book is, you know, it propels you to take your own journey. It, it gives you the courage to to be on your own um, because I think Siddhartha um, had a friend, a really close friend. That's with right, him, uh, and Go- Govinda. He he had to him. break ties with that friend in That's order right. for him to go on his individual journey. Um, and you know, it's difficult reading it, and it's difficult, you know, to apply it to your own life, and you know, to break relationships so you can find peace or nirvana or yeah you know what you're looking for and um what i got out of the book you know i don't remember it exactly as much as you do vividly Mm -hmm. um but it gave me the courage to to continue the journey you know that i think everybody needs to take um and i i you know while you were while i was listening to you talk right now um Mm -hmm. and and you mentioning nirvana I know you've been on this journey for, you know, for quite some time. I sure. mean, years. 
Have you gotten a taste of nirvana or peace or anything like that? I think so. I think I'm not going to say that I achieve it, but there's moments now in my life now where there's moments where I realize I'm so happy. And there's moments when, and, and there's times I talk to my wife about this. I say, everything that, ha- and it's exactly the theme of the book. Everything that has happened to me in the past, all the mistakes I've made in the past, have all brought me to this one point. I couldn't see it at the time that what I was going through would in teach me, right? Or put me in this, push me in this space where I'm extremely happy. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy. I can, I'm, I'm happy in a way where it's noticeable. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like I feel like everything that happened in the past had to happen the way it happened um, for me to be here now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not saying everything's perfect. I still have, you know, problems. Everybody does. But I just remember having a conversation with you at one point, uh, I think a few years ago, we were driving um, and you've always had a struggle with abstract abstract concepts uh i think we've had conversations about how west sometimes speaks to you and you know mentions spirituality and mentions things that maybe the mind can't comprehend but Uh feels so strongly you know real to us that when i try to have a conversation with you about some of those abstract ideas or concepts you you can't grasp them you you Mm. Do you, have you, have you, have you, like, have you, my question is, how do you, how do you deal, with, like, how, how are you with those, you know, concepts now? Um, have you talked to Wes, have, if, you know, when I, when you speak to me, and sometimes I speak yeah. about those things, like, do you still kind of just disregard what we're talking about, or? You mean, like, ex- like, like, external forces are acting right, on us? Right, right, right. Or, you and know. I called bullshit on it, or what? yeah, yeah. So it's it, like bullshit. Not bullshit, but it's just like I, I have no idea what you're talking about, kind of thing. You know, instead of, so you're talking about when you say, so you're talking about like, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. Do you think there's an external force that is, that is guiding or pushing us? No, no, no. The reason why I bring it up is because I first of all I didn't know that the first book you read was Siddhartha, <laughs> and there's a lot of spirituality in the book. To begin with, and right, I've okay. never, I've never known you to be. I know yeah. spirituality lives okay. in you. I get what you're saying now, but you don't. Right, you don't, you don't say, you don't talk about it, and you don't take it, you know, as if it's real. Okay, so what you're saying, and I know why you're saying this, is that I don't believe in God, right? That's that's a big part of who I am. Uh, I am an atheist. And if I were to kind of admit that there are invisible forces, I think it kind of goes in that direction of believing in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a power bigger than... I'm not saying that I do believe in those things. Um, <clears throat> so what is Siddhartha? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean... That's more... See, to me, that's more practical. That's 
I'm I guess I'm more I guess I am more practical. Mm-hmm. I'm not like you you're you're right about me. I'm I, those abstract thoughts I am more practical. You know like I I put my hands on the book, I read the book. And I mean I'm not sure if I could I, I'm not sure if I hold on. I'm not sure if I could agree or admit that there's a reason all these things happened, you know, when they happened, mm. you know, like meant to be. Yeah. No, like yeah. fader. No. Yeah. yeah I don't no. believe in that either. No, but, but this book is, it's something weird that kind of unites us, mm. you and I, mm-hmm. and it's given to me by my father, mm-hmm. whom I don't, whom I don't know very well. Mm-hmm. And I'm using what he gave me, to try to give to my daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of like weird forces at play maybe. I, do you think that's true? Um, do, do you think that there's forces that are um, influencing us? Um, like be, you're, you're a spiritual person, would you say? So you claim to be atheist right off the bat. Um, I was, I, I don't, I don't claim it. I was born that way. <laughs> um, so I mean, I, like, I never decided to be an atheist. I was born. I, I, I was born an atheist. <laughs> okay. Um, Just like I was born without a name. There, there's that there, was given to me as well. There's something. There's something that I have against uh, sometimes labeling certain beliefs. Mm. Um, so when yeah, you when but atheism when you, is not a belief. It's the absence of belief. So, so um, if we're if we're gonna get on that subject, I mean, I'm. Throughout my life, I mean, I was, I, I said, born Catholic. And then um, through my journey um, and my patience, I, I realized, you know, I came across that word and that, that, that lifestyle or idea where, like, you know, I figured out that I'm agnostic, where um, we do not have the capacity to um, comprehend what, what all this is to his entirety. Of course. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot left in discovery where I can't really, you know, set on certain ideas where, you know, I can call myself atheist. Um, it's so final. You think that word is so final that, well, you don't want to, you don't want to get there. You, you're good with the. My concern is that, when you call yourself an atheist, you prevent yourself from being flexible and growing in areas where you could grow. And you prevent yourself from growing in those areas because you limit yourself mm. by calling yourself an atheist. Well, I don't put, I mean, okay, so I don't think I put as much importance on that word as you might uh, because that word, that word doesn't, it doesn't really carry that much weight for me. Um, that's just the easiest way to describe. Mm. Um, because I'm extremely open. I, I, I am open. to uh, And I want to be open. And, you know, Zoe, she was baptized. Zoe goes to catechism. She goes, you know, she goes to church when she wants or whatever. Um, she knows I don't believe in God, but I don't push it on her. Mm-hmm. So even my own daughter... I'm allowing her to 
believe in what she wants to believe, right? Because I wouldn't be, I would be a huge hypocrite if I didn't allow her to do that. Because, uh, because. So you're allowing her to go on her own journey. Absolutely. And if so she, you don't, you don't interfere when she comes to you and speaks to you about her. If she, no, not at all. If she wants to pray, she's more than welcome to pray. Um, if she asks me a question directly, then I'll answer her question. But I allow her to do it. Because what I'm doing is I'm showing her that I'm showing her by example that I don't want I don't want to push anything on you or force anything on you just because I believe it. You're more than welcome to make up your own mind. Now, if I were to come and say your God doesn't exist and, and, and talk crap about it, I'd be a huge hypocrite because then I'd be forcing her to believe in, you know, to go along with me, but I don't. So I'm kind of, I acknowledge that she has her own journey. She has her own, her own path. And I'm here if she needs me. Mm-hmm. That's the only, if she asks me a question, I'll answer her question. Um, anyways. So yeah, I, that's pretty cool. You know, Siddhartha being the first book, that's, that's okay. That's something that came up that I didn't know that we had in common. That's a trip. <coughs> so that book given to that young man at that time, I remember finishing it and thinking to myself, I can't believe that a man in some other part of the world, maybe 40, 50 years ago, wrote this book that perfectly captures the angst and the and the f- the way I felt as a young man, I didn't understand. I wasn't like a wealthy man saying like, "Oh, wow, I amassed a wealth as a fortune as well." Those parts of the book didn't really being the fairy at the end. You know, those parts didn't speak to me at that time. That whole first part where he's in his village and he wants something more, he 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 longs for something more, a, a bigger pur- a bigger purpose in life or whatever. That's the part that spoke to me, and that's the part where I thought, I can't believe this book. Like, how d- I remember <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid thinking, how did this guy take the words out of my head and put it in this book? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could, it was so fast. I was so, I was, um, I was so confused. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went to the library, and I, and I looked up Herman Hesse, Turns out he has like 15 other books. Right. So I grabbed them all. You know, Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah, I read all. <laughs> I read all of. Typical Herman. Ignacio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fall down those rabbit holes. And I. I read every single book he wrote. And not all of them spoke to me like Siddhartha did. Yeah. But each one, they all have the very similar themes to them. Like, all of them are spiritual. All of them deal with a lot of, uh, of um, a lot of themes I think I saw in uh, Siddhartha. And then from there, I think I started reading um, Khalil Gibran. Have you read Khalil Gibran? He wrote a book called The Prophet. It's like a, okay, I've heard a about long it. poem right. about a prophet, you know? People questioning the prophet, and he's sermonizing and, and, and so I started, I think I read that and I started read just, I just kept going. I just kept going. I, I would, 
I would literally, when I was uh, in junior high school and in high school, there's days where I walk out the door to go to school, you know, get, put my backpack, say bye to my mom, um, walk to school. And I wouldn't go there. I would go directly to the library. <laughs> this, ha- yeah, this is this is me as, a, and I would. I feel like I'm watching Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> Matilda live. <laughs> so I would go to the library, and this is what I would do. I would go through all the aisles, f- pull out the books that looked interesting to me get a big pile of books, go to a table or a chair, like out of the way of anybody who, you know, because I, I was always afraid that the librarian would be like, who, aren't you supposed to be in school? But they never bothered me. So I had a big stack of books. Boom, <coughs> set, it, set it right next to me. And I, would, I wouldn't read the whole book, but I'd grab the top one, open it up, look at the cover, read a few pages, set it aside. I had a pile for like these are the books I want to read and these are the books that I'm I, I'm not interested in. And I would do that. I would ju- you know, I would I would skip school all the time. Or I'd go to school and then check in homeroom, right? And then leave. And then you know, like go out the side of the fence or something. I'm not suggesting that's a I'm not saying that's a good thing. That's pr- probably not that's not good. But that's your story. And that's how, that's, that's what reading did to me. Um, reading was so much more interesting than anything going on at school. And from that point on, you've always read. Always. What's the longest period of time that you've gone without reading since, since, that, since that point? I, wanna s- I think it was boot uh, camp. was three and a half months. Three and a half months. Right. And in boot camp... There is no time to read. Um, every minute of your day is strict. Is 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 has a purpose. You get one hour every evening, um, personal time, to write letters, or do whatever you want for an hour. But I, we didn't have any books. There's no books. There's no books. Like you, you know, you write letters. Uh, you go to the bathroom, you take sh- whatever, whatever you need to do, you get it done in that hour. And then after that hour's over, you stand in line, you prepare for, but they, pre- you know, they, they do a hygiene inspection every night. They check your hygiene, make sure that you're, you're clean or whatever. So there's never, there was never any time to read. So I missed reading that whole time, wow. but, but not in a way that I noticed because I was so exhausted <laughs> and I was so scared and I was so like, Holy crap. Like you were 18? I was 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was so, I was, I, I wanted to quit. The first week, I wanted to quit. I, 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 and a lot of people quit. We started with maybe 110 guys. And at the end of it, we, it was like 80. So there was like people quit. The majority of people quit. And then a few people got hurt, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to quit. Like what am I doing? Like what am I doing here? This is this is um. Anyways, but that's the longest amount of time that I went without reading. Right. Um. And reading is there's a quote 
and I, I don't know who said it, but it's absolutely true. Um, reading is like traveling a thousand miles mm. without taking a single step, which is so true to me. Um, being immersed in a story transports you. Mm-hmm. Um, the greatest time I had reading was when I was overseas. When I was on the Navy ship, I was on the USS Tarawa, the USS Duluth. There's nothing to do, right? You, you maybe you do your training in the morning or whatever, and then you, you don't do anything. You sleep, eat, work out, eat, go to sleep, you know. There's things to do like play cards or play video games or watch movies, and I didn't do any of those things. I had I had a duffel bag. So you get a duffel bag full of per- personal items um, with some clothes, you know, so you can wear when you go out you know, to different countries. It was half books, that bag. <laughs> the bag was heavy. And every country I went to, I found the bookstore and the record store. This is back when Tower Records. Because not only did I love books, I loved music. Mm-hmm. Music, to me, was just as, is just... As powerful yeah. as reading. Um, because music kind of means different things to you at different parts of your life. You know specific songs that you went through something during, that song helped you through or that song got you over or whatever. Books the same way. Mm-hmm. It, the same exact thing. I remember exactly where I was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you know, and, and, but I'm in Middle Earth in my head, you know. I'm in I'm I'm in the Lord of the Rings, which is one of the most amazing um, series of books I read. But I remember um, everybody playing cards, all all my fellow Marines playing cards, playing video games, and I was always in my bunk reading. In your bunk, you you slept in like <clears throat> stacks, you know, and they had a little light. Right above you, you flick it on, you can flick it off, and then you have like little curtains. Everyone was bored out of their minds. They would just go outside. So there's some, like, we would go weeks without seeing the sun or days without seeing the sun. People would just go outside and sit on the edges of the ship because they're so bored. I wasn't bored a single day on that ship. Um, because in my head, these guys are on the ship. Everyone else is on the ship right now. I'm not. I am in Middle Earth. I am, you know, I'm in battle with the Aztecs. You know, I'm battling samurai in, uh, sh- in Shogun. Yeah. I'm, reading, I'm reading historical fiction. I'm reading fiction. I'm reading history. I'm, I'm, I'm transported. I was never bored. And these guys couldn't understand. What, why are you always reading that book? Isn't that boring? They had no clue how amazing it was for me. And I, anyways, but reading, that's how important it is to me. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of where it started, just that one book. Mm-hmm. And I always try to do that for other people. I always try to find the right book at the right time to ignite that passion also. Because I think... I think books are the most amazing invention that he, that humanity ever came up with, you know? 
And do you remember your first first book? Um, that that I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Was it? It wasn't Siddhartha. Um, I would think it is from beginning to end. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So like you would start books. Yeah, I never finish them. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to finish a book either. I mean, you could. Um, but what I wanted to touch on is, um, how old are you now? 41. And your father's still alive? I think so. I don't know. Do you? What is the last thing you know about him? His location or... I think information. I th you have his phone number, email. No, um, your mom doesn't know either. She doesn't know. No way. Um, do your brothers or sisters keep in contact? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. No, he's equally uninvolved in all of our lives. Okay, he's never. I don't think, to my knowledge, he's never met one of his grandkids, and he has seven of them. Have you ever been curious to track him down? Um, you know what, you know what, okay, so the last time I talked to him was probably maybe 10 years ago, mm. <clears throat> maybe, okay, so there was this one night, um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and we were kind of on this, we were on this conversation and, uh, we were drinking like rum or something. And um, I started to get very, I don't know, like agitated. Like, you're right. I was, I was always curious. Like, where is he? What is he doing? Um, I mean, I was, I was kind of focusing on now. Well, oh, well, I, anyways, I called him that night. Mm. That's the last time I talked to him. The mm -hmm. And um, how did that conversation go? It wasn't good. Okay. And it's not smart to drink and call people when you're <laughs> emotional and angry <laughs> because you get nothing out of it. How did you, how did you call him? You had his, you had his number at the time? No, I didn't. So what I did was because he has like brothers and sisters. I have aunts and uncles. And uh, I think I called my uncle. And my uncle found his number and sent it to me. So I called him. And I I talked a lot of shit to him. I was really angry. Because, because at the, I, I was angry. I mean, I was angry because I think Zoe was, she was an infant. She was a baby or a toddler. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty angry because, like, I feel like it was kind of reliving the, it all over again where, He, <clears throat> how do I say it? I felt like, I felt like, okay, if you don't want to be in my life, what about my daughter's life? Mm. Like, what about your granddaughter's life? Mm -hmm. Do you not care about that? Mm -hmm. 
because I never had it in the past, obviously. I never had a perfect thing to look at and, and think she's perfectly innocent, right? She's perfectly innocent of, it, of everything. Um, how do you ignore that? Like, how do you ignore? So I, I started to feel like, is there any, like, is there any circumstance where I would just abandon her mm. and never care about what she goes through or where she's at or, you know, and then that kind of made me angrier. And I think it was just me thinking about abandoning her. Like I, it, it made me really angry and emotional. And I thought there's no way I would do that. I don't care if, you know, her mother and I had the worst breakup ever or whatever, you know, like I don't care. You know, and I've always been, the one thing I remember as a kid are my parents talking a lot of crap to each other. I mean, I'm sorry, not to each other, about each other. I remember them fighting, actually. When I was a, a baby, I, my, you know how, you ever have that question like where, what's your, what's your clearest memory? What's your first memory? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have like a memory like, oh, they're just playing with a truck or something. My very first memory when I was a baby was <clears throat> I was hiding behind the couch because they were fighting. Mm. They were arguing. And I was hiding behind the couch with my hands over my ears. That's like my memory of them together. And then throughout the, our life, when I would see them, they would only ever have horrible things to say about each other, but not say it to each other, say it to us. So... She would say it to me, and then he would say it to me about her. It would go mm-hmm. through me. Mm-hmm. And I realized how j- all of that anger is transferred to me. Yeah. Because they were not as se- they weren't as aware, I think. Um, they weren't aware of what they were doing. So when what was having this conversation, I realized, like, you know what? Maybe I should talk to him. Maybe I should, all this anger that I'm holding on, maybe I should give it back to him. Just give it, just get, just have a conversation and let it go after that. Um, so maybe it was therapeutic in a way, but I, I always go through great lengths to avoid doing that to Zoe. Right. I never, if I have a disagreement with her mother, I try to set it aside until later when we can talk alone or whatever. We can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because ki- children are emotional sponges. I'm a product of that, so I, I believe that. Um, anyways, I called him. And I think I tried to have a conversation with him at first. And he said something that really made me angry. He said, and which is something that he's repeated in my childhood. I remember hearing it over and over again. And it was never true. He said, he said, you know, there, there's nothing that's more important to me in life than you got, than my kids. He would say that like many times whenever he would see us, but then he would be gone for another six months. I don't know where he went. And then he'd come back for a week and then leave again. So, and every time he did, he would repeat that. And he said that to me on the phone. And I think that's kind of what 
like really, you know, that enraged me. Because if that is the most important thing in your life, then what are you doing not in it? Like what, what are you doing avoiding it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, I got angry and I told him that and he had nothing to say. Have you ever thought about the possibility that he might have another family? Oh, yeah. Pro- yeah. I'm convinced that he does. Mm-hmm. Maybe not another family, but I know most likely he has other kids. Mm-hmm. Because when me and my bro- when my there was a day, there was an evening. I don't know if I've ever told you this story either, but there was an evening when I, when I was in high school. I think I was in the 11th grade and my brother was in, in the 12th grade. Our uncle... My dad's brother came over to our house one evening, which was really weird, right? Like, he never does that. He called us on the phone and said, hey, I'm outside. Can you come out? And we were like, holy shit, like, what does he want? He just asked my brother and I to come outside. And he's standing out in front of our house. And we're like, hey, you know, hey, Theo. And he said, said, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but um, he goes, I want you to meet someone. And we said, Okay. And he walked to his car. And he opened the door. And out comes this kid. So I, if I was, let's say I was 15, and my brother was 17, this kid was 16. And he looked exactly like our dad. And he comes out, and my uncle says, this is your brother, Jonathan. Okay. So we have... Like, he's our half-brother. He's our father's son mm-hmm. with a different mother. Now, this guy was, if my dad had that boy in between me and my brother, it stands to reason that there's plenty more out there because he wasn't a stable person. He was never in one place. He was just traveling all around. I don't know what he was doing. Um, so I'm pretty sure he has other kids out there, adult kids. I'm pretty sure. I've never asked him. Uh, asked him. Yeah. So that would, that would kind of explain, um, that he has multiple important things in his life, and right, he's stuck in in between, you Ma- know, deciding where, you know, he he's gonna be. He's gonna be, you know, present. So you think? Because uh, I know you've had conversations with Wes. Oh yeah, about this and oh yeah, you you, you try a lot to uh, you tr- you something about you is that you try to understand your friends a lot, um, yeah, and you've tried to understand Wes and you've tried to understand me, and you've struggled to understand both Wes and I, and both Wes and I are completely different. Um, right. but there's things that Wes has talked to you about the way he deals with his children and family and in your head it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um and so i i you know I, I that comes up to me where it's just like you know wes has told you stories about how you know he's able to have children and then not be present in their lives right. and i get i get what you mean and you know i don't know how how that how you've gotten that you know process in your mind as far as you know, like something that maybe your father also. Well, there's a, d- there, the difference is, um, the difference is, uh, Wes is, 
I, I know what you're saying. He's, uh, he's, he's, he has an active role though. Mm. Like he's actively involved yeah. in his son's life. Even he's better at multitasking. He's good at that. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing is he only has the two kids, right. two sons, you know? Right. I think that if my father was doing this thing of just, setting up franchises everywhere across yeah, the country. Yeah. I could see him getting so overwhelmed by all of these responsibilities right. that he shuts everyone of them completely. Right. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I could also see maybe he, you know, just found and chose and settled with the one that was the least complicated. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility as well. I think the last thing I heard he was living in New Mexico, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, his, my aunts are always trying to get us like, you know, talking to him, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, if anyone is going to initiate that, I feel like, should it be him? No, it should be me. There's no should. I think you would initiate it. Because you're in a better position now that you were years oh, before, yeah. And um, I kind of gauge you and and your you know emotional kind of stability and control. Mm-hmm. And I think you know you've grown you've grown a lot. Yeah. And I think I think you I you are in a position from now on to. In case, you know, you ever want to do, you know, see him again. Yeah. Which, that's up to you, you know, if you, if you want to or not. But I think you're ready. And I mm-hmm. think you're you're not going to have that same conversation you did over with him on the phone. I think you're right. Um, I think you're absolutely and right. And it would be more of, it would be more of a conversation, not as father and son, but more of like man to man and mm. um, just kind of focusing on him, you know, just similar to this conversation where it's just, you trying yeah. to get to know who he is. Um, I don't think the motivation, but but it would be more for you. You know, right. you know, most of us right. do that action. You know, yes. to be more in peace with ourselves. Um, so the motivation has never been there to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that conversation I had with them, it wasn't the right. It wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't the right conversation to have. Uh, it wasn't the right moment. Um, but you're right. I think that if someone were to describe the situation to me, like if you were to describe my situation, like if, if I were to hear this, I would encourage you, you know, you know this, right? You yeah, know, me. Yeah. I would be, I, I would be like, you know what, Art, you need to do this for yourself. Right. So like, you're right. That's, a, that's pointing it back at me. I would like to, I think that conversation could be had and I think it could be very constructive Mm -hmm. because, because the motivation is not, I feel like when I talked to him that time, I wanted to just get a reaction out of him, Mm -hmm. like an emotional reaction. I wanted to hear him cry and I wanted to hear him sob or I wanted to apologize. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't do a goddamn thing. He just sat silent. He could hear me, but he didn't say a word. 
And, you know, looking back, I don't blame him. I mean, what? that's not, that's not, a, that's not a healthy conversation. Mm-hmm. What, what is there to come from that? Nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just think it's a good idea to close that right. chapter of your life. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I like, I like, uh, I like living in peace. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that, uh, is preventing me from doing that, then I try to close that door so yeah. I can be back in peace. Um, so right. if you ever feel, you know, like that's something that you, that door that you need to close, uh-huh. it's a good idea to go and do it for your peace. Yeah. Um, while he's still, you know, I think it would breathing. Be- I think, yeah, yeah, it's true. I think it would be good to understand, like, like we've never had that conversation. So maybe if we did have that conversation, I could understand why he made the mistakes he made Mm -hmm. because I'm, 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 or the choices that he made. Yeah. Right. And the one thing I think the one thing that you know very well about me is I don't judge people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't judge you for your mistakes. Mm-mm. I don't make you feel like crap or whatever. No. Um, you are who you are, and I never judge you for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't practice that with him. Like, I think he's the one person that I do judge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel like that's prevented me a lot in life. You know, like, it's really held me back. You know, like, from being... I feel like because of that, I am very non-judgmental. Like it's kind of helped me in that way. But, but you're right. I think I I think I have to have a conversation with him where I don't judge him, because then I could understand if he, if I could understand what he was going through or what he went through. Because I don't know how he was raised. I don't know what happened to him. You know, he could be. His life could be a series of events relating back to some trauma that I don't know about. And if I were to blame him, that's that's not the proper wet place to blame it. Yeah. If I could un- if I could understand what he was going through or what he went through, I could look over you know um the abandonment and the avoidance and understand that he is just absolutely flawed or damaged in some way, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, there's uh, there's this movie I like called. Um, and and the reason why I mention is just because you know you like reading books. Yeah. And you know books are a part of history, and you know while reading books and and reading that history, it prevents us to make mistakes in the future mm. or try to understand the present moment. So I think that conversation you have with your dad, it would help you kind of understand certain aspects of yourself that you might think is just pertaining to you, mm. but it's probably carried on from, you know, generation to generation. And yes. um, it's very, uh, it's very, you know, you'll, you'll get a sense of freedom, you know, from, from all that. There's a... Um there's a movie that I really like that um, has this weird aspect to it, and I associate it with this. It's really weird. It, it's I don't, it, 
It doesn't seem to have any resemblance, t- but to my life. But it's called Looper. Have you seen that movie, Looper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know how the assassin gets sent back? His younger self kills him himself. That whole aspect of it. Yeah. Do you know what they call? Do you know what they call it in the movie? Closing your loop. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. Okay, so I remember when I was, I, it, it didn't hit me at that time, but in talking about this, how you're saying, like, I do believe that trauma and, you know, it has, um, it has a, lo- it has an effect like that. It, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle yeah. that just keeps going and going and going. I've always been fascinated by that, by that idea of, um, of, you know, like Ouroboros kind of thing where the snake eats its own tail and it just keeps going and going and it never ends. And that movie, I remember that, I remember that term thinking, closing your loop. Like, that sounds really cool. And in my mind, I'm, I, I thought about, like, when you do deal with, um, let's say, like, childhood trauma, you're closing that loop. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you end it. So you don't allow it to keep going. So even though I would, I could never uh, fathom the idea of abandoning Zoe. Yeah, you, e- you e- chose responsibility over, right? The latter, yeah. But even though, even though I made that choice, and I'm very con- conscious of it, um, I still feel like that has a lasting effect on me, because I'm sure you've seen me. In an emotional state, right? And I think there's a lot of, it still has an effect on me, you know? And what, there's a lot of things that it affects about me. Um, so like. But I think you're aware of it. So it, it, that effect is a, you know, you turn it into a positive, right? Okay. You know that it's, you know, that you know right. that it's effect, you know that it's influencing you in certain ways. So you change it to the positive instead of the that's negative it. way that it's affecting you. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that, is that those mistakes that he made, I've always tried very, very, um, I've always tried very much not to repeat them, which is the reason I never had kids until I was like 27, 28, you know? He was having kids. Him and my mom were having kids when they were in their teen. They were teenagers. That's a lesson I learned. You know, don't be irresponsible in that way. Um, another lesson is I learned is that I turned around is, like, I don't want to cheat on the person I'm with. Like, I don't want to mess around. Um, so I think I learned that lesson, like really, like it had, that had a profound effect on me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I take all these things from my father and I choose very consciously not to repeat them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. I do turn them into a positive, but the one thing, the one thing that I, I think that I can't turn around is I like I feel like there's it's preventing me like um that's the one thing that I've never dealt with 
Like everything else I could deal with. Right. Everything else I can confront. I feel like this is the one thing that I've never confronted that I that I sh- that I always should and I you know like feel like that's the one thing. Like that's the one thing that holds me back from a, a potential that that I feel I have, right? And rec- recording this podcast is is yeah, it's for Zoe, of course, but there's other reasons. It's for me. It's for you. Um, but it is an attempt to kind of confront, like, to talk about things. Yeah. And if this is a conversation that leads to that conversation, then this is the first step. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. and I'm not, I'd, I wouldn't avoid that conversation now. Uh, I feel like I could have that conversation. Yeah. And then I feel like I could have some empathy, maybe. If I could find, unless he sits down and says, I hate, I hate you all. You know, I, f- I hate all my kids. I, I'm, I'm a, you know, unless he says something like that, I don't think he would. Cause he's not, he even, if, even if he does say that, I don't, I don't think he'll, you know, close him out. I think he'll know that he's just saying that. Yeah, you know, it's a surface kind of you know defense mechanism from something that's actually more, more deep. But um, you know, I never, I, I, I never saw him cry a single time, and I think that I, I've seen him get angry. I've seen him f- fight like fist fights in the street, and even as a kid, I remember thinking like, "Holy shit, I, I don't want to do this when I get older." Like, but I remember thinking, "This is what I'm gonna have to do." And and I, I remember him fighting, like, in front of our house, like fist fights. And so I saw a lot of anger. I never saw any. Um, Tears. Never. No emotion. The only emotion was anger. And, and I think he uses the anger to cover up a lot of shit that he might be dealing with. And he does. And I think he's the ultimate like he he's the classic example of uh like avoidance you know what i mean like um he like you know, he's going he'll avoid anything you can go with the purpose of you know even though he wasn't part of your life you can still go with the purpose of thanking him for giving you the book mm. as as minimal and you know insignificant it might it might seem but you can just be like, hey, you know, thank you for yeah for that book you gave me when I was young, cause yeah. that that propelled me to read so many more books and you know give me so much joy yeah. and 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 you know I guess yeah all these experiences that I probably never would have had if you didn't give me that book. So I think you know um, going with that for with that with that uh, in mind, um, it could it could open up. It could it could make him feel safe, because no matter if he's forty, fifty, six years old, you know, he, people still live in, in, in 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 a place where their walls are high. Yeah. And you know, and if his son's coming up to see him, if you ever do, um, his walls are gonna be higher. Oh yeah. So if you come in a way where you want to thank him for something so small that he never knew it was something big, maybe for you or I, <coughs> then. You know, that would mean a lot to that him. That would mean a lot to him. And might even 
might even, yeah. It might, it, it, it might be. spark that emotion that you've always wanted to see. And you know what? You're, it's true because I'm, I, I'm, uh, you know, I always talk big about being the change I want to see in the world. I'm not the change in this, in that instance. If I want to teach my father a lesson of empathy and, um, unconditional love maybe for your children, um, I am not that, I'm not that example for him. And maybe, maybe if I am that example for him in a weird way, like I'm being the father and he's being the son. Like at this point, like I would be the example for him of what I want him to be for me. And if he's not willing to do that after all these years, I should be willing. I, I could, I should be willing to, because I'm always preaching that shit to people. Mm hmm. You know, but I'm, that's the one thing I never do. I never do it, and I haven't done it. And I feel like it's destroyed a lot of my life. I mean, you know, not, like it's kind of sabotaged a lot of things for me. Um, and yeah, you know, what's funny is um, I'm fascinated by this thing where, and I think you know what it is. Have you ever seen those videos online of like people forgiving like their children's murder, murderer. Mm -hmm. You're right? the one that introduced me to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Azim Kamisa. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of those kinds of videos out there, and those videos have always fascinated me because those people who do that, you know, Azim Kamisa is like the biggest example. He's a, I remember when I first learned it, I was just shocked that anybody, you know, when he went into court and he forgave his son's killer you know yeah. and then hugged him yeah that was that was that was intense those people are like you know fuck captain america and the hulk these yeah. people are the real heroes you know yeah. like these are real life heroes there's a video i think it's uh the B btk killer or gary ridgeway that you know the mass murderer mm -hmm. i think it's gary ridgeway anyways there's a video of him in court, right? And there's the, wit the family impact statements. People are coming in there. I fucking hate you. I hope you die. He's going to life. I think he made a plea deal, life without parole instead of the death penalty. And he said, you know, all these people were coming into court. I fucking hate you, you fucking scum. You know, and they're crying and they're, they're going out of their minds. This, and the and the guy's sitting there. I think it's Gary Ridgeway. Who I think is the Green River Killer. No emotion, not a no reaction. Just a complete blank on his face. Like he's he's disassociated himself so well. And I don't blame those people for their anger. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm not saying any victim. I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about them. But this one man comes in, and he stands up there, this old man, and he tells him, I, I, and I, I'm paraphrasing again, he goes, I think he goes, Mr. Ridgeway, he goes, you've made it very hard for me to live with what I believe my God teaches me is the power of forgiveness. He tells, he he tells him that in court. And look up this video later, it, it'll blow your mind. He goes, you made it hard for me 
to live up to what I believe in that the Bible teaches me is forgiveness. You made it very hard for me um, to live up to that lesson. And he says, but I forgive you. And at, at that moment, he breaks down in tears. No. The killer. Yeah. Wow. He starts sobbing. Well, look up this video. I feel like we, I, f- I wish we could look it up right now. Nah, it don't take too long. Anyways, he starts sobbing and crying. The camera's like right on his face and you can see him. And the whole time uh, before, he's just staring, you know. The violence and anger, they don't get to him. They don't, he's probably so used to it, anger and violence in his own life, that's, which is why he did what he did. The compassion was the thing yeah. that broke him. Yeah. So I've always been very fascinated by like those videos and those people who are capable of doing that. I've always admired them. Um, I don't know if I could ever be like them in that instance, right? Let's say in, in that specific thing. But I think the reason why I admire them is because like, I wish I could be like them. And I feel like I don't have the situation to be that way. But with my father, I think I do. Like, I think I can actually take their example and give him the kind of forgiveness that maybe no one's ever given him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe that's what is required to, you know, to get to him. Or for you to keep growing. Right. That's the other part of it, is I do it for him, but I, I'm really doing it for myself. Correct. Right? And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's true. There's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot. If you, if um, you want to see it in a, in, a, in a bigger grand scale. Um, okay, do you want to watch it? Just watch it live. One. No. Once that uh, sound comes in, uh, I'll stop. But what I was trying to say is that. No, not really. Seeing it from the perspective where, like, if you if you do this, it would help you grow and grow and, and become a little bit more free to the point where uh that is okay that's it right there what god says to do wait wait go back go back matt you can hear it um let me see it there are people here that hate you i'm not one of them you've you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that's to forgive. You are forgiven, sir. (laughs) 
So yeah, wow, yeah, it's, it's powerful, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very rare to to find uh, people that that you know are very genuine and and mo- and you know open, yeah, emotionally like that to other people. So in that empathy and and um, it's rare to find, it's rare to see, and it's mm-hmm. appreciated when it's done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, back to the the point that I was saying is that you know. When you do it, it wouldn't just be doing it for you or for for your father, but you would also be doing it for Zoe. Right. And for your wife and for everyone that's connected to you. So, right. you know, looking at it, that grand scale, um, the effect that you have in people's lives that you're connected to, mm-hmm. doing that, it would be something great, you know, and... and um, yeah. So you, you know, many people when you know when, when we talk about this, you know, with other <laughs> with other people, you know, I I've had conversations with other friends too, and mm-hmm. you know, most people try to focus on just you know, let's just say their mother, their father, their friend, their girlfriend, or whatever. Sure. And, you know, it's not it's not just about them. You know, it's 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 more than that. So yeah. um, looking at it that way, it should give you a little bit more, um, you know. Uh, courage and motivation motivation exactly you're right because it's not it's not just affecting me right like it has um it has an effect yeah and and my yeah my emotional health is important to be a good father and to be a good husband you know what i mean and like it's true i told you know i i i notice it but I don't do anything about it. Right. No, I mean, you, know it, I mean? It, it, you don't have to look back. I mean, today's a new day, you know, yeah. and, and. But you know what? He's not going to like, like. In keeping with the whole theme of this, the idea for this podcast right. is I'm doing something, you know, I'm, uh, my original motivation is for Zoe. Right. But, you know, of course, it's for me as well. But, you know, he's not going to be alive forever. And I was talking to my, my wife the other night, and I was saying, like, we should record, like, your grandmother. I mean, imagine that life. Like, it must be so epic, yeah. her life. And we tend to look at her just like she's just the same old grandmother that we always know. There's mu- there must be so much more to her. I oh mean, yeah. she could have fought in the Mexican Revolution for all I know. Who knows? Maybe she fed the horses or the soldiers. <laughs> I don't know. But if, if I learned that about her, I would yeah. s- it would be so awesome. But once she's gone, that whole story goes with her. Right. Right? So, so yeah, you're right. Every day is a new day, but every day is closer to that. Yeah. Now, let's say if I were to take that advice seriously, then there's an, it creates an urgency to do that. Because let's say if he dies one day and I never get to have that conversation with him, then I then then what? But have you you forgave him, you know, yourself? As much as, much as I can, yeah. Remotely, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As much as I can, I think I have. But I will admit that I think that there's a part of me that's still greatly affected. Right. It's still, it's still, and you know, I, 
I should. For, you know, I should. For, there all these reasons, all these reasons. There's so many reasons to do it. For him, for me, for Zoe, for my wife, for my health, for my friends, everything around me, you know, like. And I've never, okay, so you know this about me as well. I've always been a very, very private person. Right. Right? Yeah. Very private about my life. I keep it separate. Mm-hmm. Um, as you should. Yeah. And I don't, you know, a lot of people don't know what's going on with me or whatever. And, and that's very deliberate. I do that on purpose. Um, not because I'm hiding anything, but but I, that's just the way I am. I'm, pri- I'm a private person. Yeah. But this podcast is not just for Zoe. It's very public. So a lot of people who know me will listen to it. And I think that maybe they'll understand me better. Maybe other people who don't know. I, I don't think Matt has ever heard this story about me. I, right. I don't think I've ever talked to him about it. Um. I, you know, like, I learned a lot of things about you, you know, like, just in having this conversation. So, so this really is also an attempt to, because we've had conversations before that have been very memorable for me, you know, like, that I wish I was recording. Right. And I've had those conversations with lots of different people, and I thought, man, I wish... I could have recorded that. I want to listen to that again. You know, I want to hear it again. But not just that. Like, just a lot like my father. There's so much. No, None of us know anything about him. Right. We don't even know where he's at. We don't know what he's doing. Right. But if he's recording a podcast out there, that would be pretty awesome. And then I could listen to it. And then I could learn more. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm... Ch- I'm I'm kind of doing that. It would be interesting to record your conversation with your father if you ever go in. Yeah. yeah. I know that was where it was going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I saw your That face. would be pretty awesome. I, I know that that's kind of where you were leading it. I mean. I mean, that's, that's pretty. I'm, that would be. Uh, yeah. That yeah. I wouldn't be against it. <coughs> Excuse me. So I sit down at this table. And I set it up. And he's outside. And he sits down. Is that how you think? I don't know. Go? I mean, it just, I mean, it won't, it won't have this high quality. It would, I don't know if you're going to, I don't think he, I don't know. I mean, I, you could ask him and see if he agrees to be recorded, but I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it might be laws for recording without consent. I don't know. Oh, no, I would never <laughs> do that. No. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, record him without his consent. Yeah. Um, but so. yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, I, I you know. I've had a fantasy of like, there's a lot of people who start pot. There's so many podcasts out there, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm appealing to the smallest audience possible, you know, but there's a lot of times people start podcasts and then they just, the podcast allows them to become independently, you know, wealthy or whatever. Right. Like they, that's just their job, their right. full-time job, which is a weird concept for me. But I would love it if that happened. But I would like to have that. Eventually. Yeah. 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 I think that that would be an important conversation to have. And recording with your mom, maybe, you know, brother. That would be interesting, too. Zoe. <laughs> she doesn't, yeah. 
Well, her, yeah, that yeah. that would be. Yeah. See, they're yeah. all like, they're all part of the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. I was going to ask you something else. I totally forgot. Um, I, I, I would like to have all of, all of them on. Yeah. Uh, that have conversation. I think a one-on-one conversation is very, um, is very important mm-hmm. if you want to like understand someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a, a a dialogue like that's important. And I think that I've never talked to my mom about it. It's really weird. I, I, I avoid it. It'd I be, avoid mentioning it. would be great to open it up and record it, yeah. Good excuse. Because I wonder, I don't, she's pretty happy as well. She seems like in a place where um, she's receptive to it. Like, I feel like she can, I feel like maybe when I was younger, she couldn't have that conversation. It was too much for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like now she can. Yeah. She's kind of at that part of her journey where she can look back and it, it, it wouldn't mess her up or she, she wouldn't go crazy. You know, it's uh, funny, just real quick. Um, I took my wife out the, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we went out and her cousin came with us. Right? Mm-hmm. And her cousin knows you. Mm-hmm. And, her, and it was me, my wife, and my wife's cousin. And we're sitting there having dinner or whatever. We went to some bar. And she goes, I know, she goes, I never told you this. She goes, but I know your friend Art. And I said, okay. And she goes, I asked him about you. And I said, okay. She goes, she goes, you're not, you're not worried about what I, what I asked her, you know? And I'm like, and I was like, no. She goes, I, I asked about you for my cousin, for my cousin's sake. And I said, okay. Oh, yeah, she did. Right. And I was like very, uncon- I was very unconcerned. I was surprised, but I was very unconcerned about it. <clears throat> she said that you, you told her, like, yeah, he's good. He's a good guy. He's he's like he's, you said some very good things about me. And I said, "Yeah, I know." Like, I know. And um I think like maybe different maybe another guy would be worried. Do you know what I'm trying to say like No. Like if I was a different kind of person, I would be worried about people talking behind my back. I'd be like, oh. "Holy crap." Okay. What does she know? You know what I mean? Like, right. And I know you probably wouldn't be like, I don't, you're not a deceitful or lying mm-hmm. person. So I know that you didn't just make it up, make up something good. Just of course not. No. I know you were honest with her. And I told my wife, I was like, yeah. I said, <clears throat> That's the reason why I try to be a good person. So that I don't have I don't have those worries. Right. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I don't worry about anybody talking about me behind my back cuz I know it's not going to be like oh shit. Don't don't you shouldn't date. No, your cousin should break up. No, 
right. a good match. Right. Because he's, you know, he's a scumbag, whatever. He's this, this, and that. Like, I've never worried about that. And then when I heard that from her, I was like, yeah. She's like, she's like, yeah. she's like you're not surprised. I go, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that he would say that because I know him and he knows me. So that's like, you know, I, I know that's kind of out of left field, but I wanted to tell you while it was in my mind because I think there's, um, I know a lot of people who are the opposite of that. Mm. And I don't judge them on that. I can still be friends with people like that. But well, when I when I was asked that question, um, you know, I always answer, you know, in a very honest and genuine way. And, um, you know, those people that might speak wrong about other people speaks more about themselves than it is about other people. So if That's you know, if I would have said something about, you know, you negatively, then, you know. It would speak negatively about our relationship. Right. So because she uh, asked you very specifically, like. Is he a good guy? And right. I think it was with the intention of like, is she going to be okay with him? Right. You know? Right. And um, I don't know. I wanted to, I've been wanting to tell you that because it happened the other night. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty cool. Which is, yeah. yeah. And it, anyways, but um, all right. You want to yeah, wrap let's it up? Let's we can wrap, wrap it, up. it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think, um, you shouldn't leave it as one. We can touch another other other conversations in the future for sure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Let's have more. I mean yeah. there are a lot of people I want to talk to, mm-hmm. but I but I don't want to limit it to just one episode. Yeah, of like course. One conversation because yeah. there's so much more. Like and that's you know, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this was, you know, to Zoe, you know. I'm just dad, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I tell her to do her homework. You know, I make her food or whatever. But there's so much more to me than she really understands. And I'm not, Im- I feel like, yeah, I always wanted that for my father. So I could do that for her. And I, I, I'm private. I'm a very private person, but. For her, I, I'll, I'm willing to share it. I'm willing to do for her. That's good. What I want, what I want done for me. I mean, that's usually the the positive story about you know when people have a child that you know the child actually helps the individual grow mm-hmm. in ways where he didn't think you know it was possible. Yeah. 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 So it's good that it happened to you. Uh, took the responsibility to be there for Zoe, and right. Zoe has taught you a lot and yeah. forced you to. She's taught me a lot. And, and I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we tend not to believe, we tend not to understand that our children are teaching us things. Because, like, you know, I've never been a father before. So maybe, you know, when she was a baby, it's like I feel like I'm learning as much as she is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but I can't really have any conversations with her like this you know like she's at that age and it's understandable she's at that age where she's talking to boys and making videos and has friends and 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 the last thing she's interested in is my life right but if i can 
leave all of, you know, if I could get, have these conversations, um, they could be there for her if she needs it. Mm-hmm. You know, if she ever went looking one day, like maybe I would want to, if she ever went looking, she could have a deeper understanding of who I am and how I got to this point and like have a deeper appreciation for, for me, you know? And, and I think that I could talk, I could, I could talk about these things, hopefully, and, and, and in a way, hopefully teach her lessons yeah. that I don't always get to teach her. Um, but it'd be kind of, it would be interesting to, you know, have a conversation with her now as small as it might be in a few minutes and then, you and know, then later on and then later on. Yeah. yeah. You know, through, through time. I mean, I know she's 13, 14 now and you couldn't have a conversation with her. She was five, but right. You know, she can always talk back and I'm curious if she, I'm curious if she would, like if she'd be willing. To I think, talk. I think she would. I think she would. It may not be this long, but right. you know, she'd be, be like she'd be interested minutes. and she'd be, you know. You know, she'd, she'll, she'll enjoy it. And, That's you know, that yeah. would, and it, it was going to go in a way where you probably never thought it could go. And maybe, you know, maybe. she probably took it more, you know, take it to a really serious direction where. <laughs> That's possible as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. Because, yeah, like, man. what if she's going through something that she has a difficult time t- talking to me about? Right. <clears throat> I've always encouraged her to be honest with me. I've always encouraged her to tell me the truth. And I've, al- I've, I've, I've always told her, like, look, if you did something wrong or something, you can tell me. Mm-hmm. If you tell me, I won't get mad at you. So I, I've always tried to, to um, I've always tried to help her feel good about admitting things to me. And she does. She tells me some things that yeah. I would never admit to, you know, like if I was a kid. Um, so I have that uh, relationship with her. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I'd give her a lot of credit. Because I think through our friendship, you've mentioned that she she's observed a lot of things between, I guess, you and I that we do or she says, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that's pretty observant for a young child. So, yeah, um, she, she, she might be focused on her, like, individual life, but I think she's pretty aware of other things. I think so, too. She's put it aside for now to, you know, make room for her, but, you know, it's, it's still it there. Be, it might be important to maybe – have those conversations with her where she could talk about these things. Right. So as to not like manifest itself later in her life, you know, like if she's dealing with something, we can talk about it. Right. And then she could deal with it. She can have a, like a, you know, we can have a conversation and air it out and get it out. And that might be healthy for her. Yeah. You can just let her know that it's just going to be a recording between you and her. And it's never going to be, yeah, you know, out there unless you know, you can just give it to her and she can decide what to do with them at the end of the day. I feel like if she, I wonder if she knew that I was doing this and it was available, would she listen to it? Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Right. She doesn't have to now and I don't blame her. Who wants to listen to their parents? But you're also going to have, you know, experiences and conversations with her when she grows older. So you know, I hope so. You will. Yeah. And those are going to be amazing. So I always, I, 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 that's one of the things I hope for the most is like, I like it when she surprises me, you know, like with something she said, like she says, like she said something like, I'll give you an example. I picked her up or something or I was driving home and she's like, uh, dad, can you just, can you just drop me off at mom's or something? 
And I was like, why? You know, like, <clears throat> she's like, I, I don't know what she said, but I was like kind of bummed out about it, you know? I was like, oh. And she's like, she's like, look, dad, I know you're upset, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. <laughs> yeah, like, and she like, she would talk to me like I was a little kid. She's like, I know you're upset, but I still love you. So, you know, there's no reason to feel that way. Like, yeah. there is, she told me something. And then she told me one time, like, there was one other thing she said that was so, like, zen that I never forgot. So I was driving. She was in the back seat. She was younger, much younger. And she could talk. And I was lost. Like, I was trying to find this building. I was lost. I think it was, like, Palmdale Water District or something. I was, like, on some dirt road. I have no idea where I'm going. And she was like, what's wrong, Dad? And I was like, I said, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm at. She was like, you're in the car. (laughs) 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 And, like, I never forgot it because, (laughs) yeah, she's right. I am in the car. (laughs) So, like, I remember, I'm pretty sure that was just, like, an innocent thing she, she said. But the observation of a child is sometimes, like, they don't have the same worries we have. She right. wasn't as stressed out as I as I was stressed out. Right. So she was very simple, yeah. very, very direct. We are here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you worried about everything around you? You are where you're supposed to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I felt like. I was agitated because I couldn't get to where I was going, you know? And I was agitating myself. And, like, it reminded me where I'm like, okay, like, I'm here. <laughs> Like, uh, I'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. but it's funny. Like, there's times she does things, she says things like that or does things. Like, I think one time she, I think she, like, cut my toenails or something. Um, or she, like, I get a lot of splinters at work. Excuse me. And she does this, she, she's very, very, like, careful about, like, taking them out. And, like, she'll go, she'll, come here, Dan, she'll get the tweezers, and she'll hold my hand. She's like, I know it hurts, I know it's going to hurt, but you're just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And she'll start pulling it out. You know, like, she's so focused. Yeah. And there's sometimes where I'm at work. This is gonna, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to sound, it, but there's sometimes I'm at work where I'm like, you know, if I got a splinter today, it, it wouldn't be bad. Like, I wouldn't mind it. Right. Because she never focuses directly on me. Right. I'm kind of just in the background. But when she held my hand, she doesn't like, she's kind of at that age, she doesn't want me to hug her anymore. Right, or right. Anything. Yeah, like it's tough times. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. You know, I hate it so much. But, you know, like, it bothers me, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I got to respect it. You know, like, she needs her, she, she needs her space or whatever. But when she does that, if I feel like she really, like, I can feel like, oh, my God, she's, she just, like. She's truly here taking me in 100%. Yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, she's like, so, you know, like. Yeah, I think it's very hard. I mean, I don't have children, but I'm. I'm guessing it's hard as a father to uh, 
have that 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 distance with your children that's healthy, necessary yeah. for them to develop and grow and be independent. That's the other um, part of it too, because yeah, yeah, it's she it's has to. Ha- I can't. Uh, I don't always want to hover over her, right? You know, and and um. So you know, yeah. You can you can you can come up with I think a uh, a few questions you know that you would like to ask ask Zoe. Yeah, yeah, totally. To make her interesting for her mm-hmm. and make it a little, it makes it a little longer and makes it fun for her to respond. It could be about her. I could be right. to talk about yeah. you. Like, tell and me she'll go on for for a good amount of time, and it'd be nice yeah. to record her right That's now. That's a good idea. That she's as well. this, this young that you know we've got this thing going on. All right. Well, you know what? We'll wrap it up. We'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Let's have another conversation. We'll we'll keep it up. We'll keep you know. Thank you. You and thank I will keep coming. Oh my God. Doing this. Thank you for good. thank you for doing it. Yeah. I learned a lot, and I hope she learned a lot. And yeah. I hope anyone listening learned. You know. Because <laughs> it's funny because um, I don't know if it was you. I don't know if it was you or some other. I just re- have a memory of someone saying to me, like, what's up with you, man? Like, you're a mystery. Really? I think it was another Marine or something. Like Probably. Not me. Okay. I've always known. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to make, I don't have to voice it out. <laughs> All right. Well, it was somebody else. But I remember somebody told me, like, what's up with you, man? And I'm yeah. like, what do you mean, what's up? Like, you're a mystery. Yeah. I don't, I don't, no one knows anything about you. Yeah. Which is fine for me. Um. But, but I don't know. I, I want to put it out there. Yeah, yeah, you know? like yeah, I, it's I, good. And I want to have these conversations. It's a little uncomfortable, you know, talking about my father and things like that. But you know what? If these conversations need to happen for that conversation to happen, right. that's how you start it. Right. You know, and, and that's how it begins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, let's keep it up. I want to talk to some other people, but yeah. definitely we'll start keep Start racking the numbers for conversations. It'll be fun. Yeah, and then... Uh, we can meet again in the 15th conversation or 20th or we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Art. Thank you, Ignacio. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I don't know how to end this. What do I say? Have a good night. <laughs> oh, you know what? I do know how to end it. Go to sleep, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Alrighty.